0: For this fourth episode of Art Talks Montreal, we spoke to the Artifact Institute, the collaborative project of Tim Dallet and Adam Kelly. During the interview, we learn a bit more about their previous projects, their politics, their focus on electronics, and their place within the art world. I began by asking them to introduce themselves and read their mandate.
1: My name is Adam Kelly. I'm a co-founder of the Artifact Institute. I live in Halifax, Nova Scotia.
2: I'm Tim Dallet, a uh- I co-founded the Artifact Institute with Adam, and I live in uh, Montreal.
1: Tim and I are the co-founders of the Artifact Institute, an entity whose mandate is to study and intervene in the processes by which artifacts undergo changes in use value and meaning. The Artifact Institute uses artistic, institutional, and activist methods and practices to address the relationship of human-made objects and organizational structures to their aesthetic, technical, and social contexts.
2: The Artifact Institute conducts research, collects artifacts, provides services, gives workshops, presents exhibitions, and produces publications. These activities are positioned in a hybrid space between contemporary art, technological practice, and critical inquiry to create multiple points of access and engagement.
0: Adam and Tim, you both started the Artifact Institute together in 2007, um, and since then you've completed a few projects. I was wondering if you could briefly describe um, your projects, Investigation 1, Service 1, and Study 1.
1: Sure, let's start with uh, Investigation 1. The full title for it is Investigation 1, Electronic Equipment Discarded by Arts and Cultural Organizations in the Halifax Regional Municipality. Uh, The whole project revolves around approximately 1,000 pieces of electronic equipment that were discarded by art centers throughout Halifax. The Artifact Institute set up a rigorous procedure to assess and evaluate them, and we undertook this process in uh, gallery spaces um, as well as private spaces. The process itself involved acquiring the artifacts, then documenting them, then assessing and evaluating them. Based on the evaluation, we decided to what we defined as perpetuate or terminate uh, the artifacts. By perpetuation, we meant keep the artifacts in existence, Uh, We did that through collecting them ourselves or by donating them to individuals and organizations. In some cases where the artifacts were broken or malfunctioning, we would service or repair them. And by terminate, we mean to cease their existence. We would disassemble them uh, to save their constituents, or we would discard them in a method that was as ecologically sound as possible, given the constraints
2: of the municipality's waste management system. The live activity of doing this processing was something that could be observed over time. We remained in these gallery spaces, uh, in the case of the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia, for about three months as part of a a larger group exhibition with all of the materials and a, a processing facility where we would do the documentation, we would do the examination and evaluation. Information would also be recorded uh, on tags that corresponded to each of these process steps, and those would be attached to the artifacts as they cycled through this this processing. So you, you could see a kind of long-term, slow kind of cycling of this material through the processing structure that was set up, although in order to actually see that happening, you'd have to observe it over a longer period of time. Nonetheless, there was a large kind of uh, materials handling or materials management uh, activity going on, which in fact is still going on because not all of the artifacts have been uh, fully processed. We're still uh, continuing on that.
0: Do you store them somewhere?
2: Yes, there is a storage facility in Halifax where uh, all the artifacts that haven't been processed yet uh, are. And I, I don't uh, have the statistics in front of me. Do you, do you remember, Adam, we had a table of the, the timeline of different processing
1: I think we're a little
2: more than halfway done.
1: Um, And so far, we've presented it publicly twice. At the Art Gallery of Nova Scotia, we began the whole systematic process there, and we focused predominantly on documenting uh, and assessing and and evaluating them. In doing that, we were able to uh, discard quite a few things, as well as donate quite a few things to individuals and organizations. Uh, But the artifacts that require more service or more repair or uh, that need disassembling are still being processed. The show at Sano in Moncton, we focused on the disassembly process there. So we only brought the artifacts that needed to be disassembled and we disassembled them for the 1 month duration of the exhibition there.
0: It seems like with Service 1 you sort of took these models and then added outside participation by inviting people to bring their artifacts or their pieces of technology to you. Could you describe Service 1?
1: Uh, sure. The full name of Service 1 is Service 1 Consultation Provided to Assist Individuals in Determining What to Do with Their Electronic Equipment. It was offered for a month in the summer of 2012 at Articule Montreal. We offered a service to the community for people to bring in electronics that were broken or not useful, incompatible, out of date, unwanted, or that they didn't know what to do with.
2: They could bring it to the gallery, and we would help make determinations. After asking them to fill out a questionnaire about the artifacts, we would do our own examination and develop uh, one or more recommendations of courses of action they could follow, and those could include repair affected on site by us, if that was uh, appropriate or feasible. Uh, in other cases, we might uh, refer them or recommend that they go to another repair facility or another source of information about the artifact. In some cases, the recommendation might be to actually recycle or uh, dispose of it in in the um, kind of municipal electronics recycling facility, or there could be many other kinds of possible recommendations such as uh, associating with other artifacts or transformation, and the participants were free to uh, take any of those recommendations or, or none uh, as, as they saw fit.
0: I'm curious to know what motivates you to focus on technology or motivated you to focus on technology in the first few projects.
2: Well, I I have a couple of things I could say. One is that the Artifact Institute was started as a way to engage the larger questions of artifacts and their changes in value, uh, use, value and meaning, which could mean any types of artifacts in principle. Uh, What we were struck with, though, was that electronic artifacts in particular seem to be particularly present as an obvious site where rapid changes in use, value and meaning are occurring. And so they've attracted our attention um, more than perhaps other kinds of artifacts have. And the rapid cycling of these artifacts through uh, whether it's people's individual uh, property or the material used by organizations to us, it seems particularly kind of present and um, active site where this question of the valuation of artifacts is, is an issue or something to be explored. And so we're interested in creating a space for dialogue and reflection a- around this process. And so the pr- the systems that we've set up around these contexts, in the one case of Investigation One and the other of Service One, are a way to kind of open a site where people can have an encounter with this issue of valuation
0: and then finally, Study 1 sort of shifted the investigations that you were doing. This was presented at the Institute by Artists Convention. Could you speak about what that project was and how it manifested?
1: Uh, Sure. The full name for Study One is Study One Participants in the Institutions by Artists Convention. The two projects that we uh, discuss, Investigation One and Service One, dealt with artifacts and specifically electronic artifacts. In the case of Study One, we were actually dealing with entities, organizations, institutes formed by artists. I
2: guess the genesis of that project was, in fact, the um, occurrence of that convention itself. And an attempt to develop a, a logical means by which we could participate in that convention. So we we proposed this project, this study, because we were interested in the question of artist groups and being an entity that had been consciously formed but uh, had a certain hybrid nature and was working both within artistic context and in other ones. Uh, we were very interested in this and thought that it would be appropriate to do a study to reframe and recontextualize the activity of groups attending this convention in Vancouver uh, last fall in October. So we developed a questionnaire, a survey questionnaire that participants were invited to fill out and created an installation in which people at the convention could sit at uh, computer terminals and fill out the survey and a report was generated based on the analysis of the, uh, actually not analysis, but tabulation of the answers that people gave to the uh, the survey questionnaire.
0: Have you done anything with the results? What has become of them?
2: They've been published on the Institutions by Artists convention website. There's a report, which is a kind of a thorough tabulation and graphical presentation of all the answers. We haven't done a secondary analysis yet, but there is actually quite a lot of information We think that the questions that were asked uh, also create a bit of a context for thinking about artists groups or institutions by artists or the relationship between individuals and groups. And the questions were maybe of interest from that point of view also.
0: It's interesting because several of these projects examine the individual's relationship to the group or to the object. And I'm wondering what it is about these effective values that interests you.
1: May you elaborate a little
0: more? You're sort of charting people's reactions or how yeah how they f- feel about their object or about the groups they participate in. What it is about that? Because you could just be in, um, investigating the objects themselves, which you did in the first project, but it seems to be growing where you're curious about people's connections to their object.
2: I could say that we're not interested in prescribing or determining or giving instructions to people. We're interested in creating a space where they can negotiate their own relationships and have the opportunity to reflect on them in a way that isn't maybe as common or or usual in uh, let's say um, the kinds of relationships that we're used to, which is as a, a consumer or purchaser or user in insofar as that's um, o- the role is offered to to people. So uh, what we're what we're doing is we're uh, creating processes that create a, a space where this question evaluation can be uh, kind of opened up and examined, but we're, we're trying to create a, a structure within which that occurs rather than prescribe uh, outcomes. I could elaborate a little
1: bit. You mentioned the you noticed that we were interested in the relational dynamics between objects and persons. Um, and this relationship seems to be most tenuous with electronics currently. Uh, say, a decade or two ago, it seemed to be with plastics. Uh, And our projects, particularly Investigation One and Service One, partly aim to help provide an option uh, for dealing with electronics. With Investigation One, you mentioned that the concept of value uh, and people's relationships to electronics was not uh, apparent or was not uh a primary focus of it, yet when we did the project itself over three months, that came up uh throughout the whole uh that was the main focus for many people coming in and uh experiencing the project itself
0: okay that that space that Tim you were speaking about that was created, they would step into it and then it and made them think
2: yes originally we had we had created this process that was. Um, essentially self-contained that we, we were running, but we because we presented it in a public site, uh, the involvement of people as visitors and observers um, became uh, you know as Adam was saying that that, that that came forward. And that led to us uh, to a, a desire and interest to to create Service one as uh, something to relate to individuals on their own personal property.
0: I would actually like to speak about presenting this project within the art context. We spoke about this in our preliminary conversation. I was talking about Chris Krause, who's written and spoken about participant art and, quote, projects that engage with real life, projects that could be equally at home in any other discipline. It seems like the Artifacts Institute's projects are really focused on that research process and creating those spaces that we just spoke about. They could be understood as maybe even sociology or research or archaeology, meaning they could work in different disciplines. Why did you choose the art context for these projects?
1: Uh, For our projects, we use tactics and strategies from various fields and disciplines, from art to activism. We do this for various reasons. First, we do so in order to offer a multiplicity of viewpoints uh, to offer various entry points into our projects. Second, our goals are not singular and accordingly we don't adopt a singular method of practice. And third, our projects don't quite fit in to any single field or discipline. And so we accordingly use, misuse, and possibly even abuse these fields or disciplines to our ends. Uh, we could use service one as an example. For service one, we offer the service of helping individuals determine what to do with their electronics that are broken or malfunctioning or that they don't know what to do with. And we find this to be a valuable and necessary service, but it's one that doesn't fit into our contemporary capitalist structure. A business would fail if it attempted to offer this service. And most people are not willing to pay for such a service, even if it's valuable, because it's more cost-effective and more expedient to either let the item collect dust or to throw it away. So accordingly, we use the field of art and its systems of funding, artist-run centers, and its uh, promotional techniques to offer this service. So although it's placed within the framework of art, our project still has a tangible, practical means, ends, goals that pushes it outside of this frame.
0: Yeah, it sounds like you're finding alternative possibilities out side of what can be kind of a hermetic capitalist system of service exchange value etc
2: just as an example within the art context we are undertaking an activity that's not only practical but has um, a kind of specific and coherent instrumentality and we're interested in assuming uh the challenges that go along with that so if we we have an electronics repair facility it really is one and to the limits of our capacity or we're we're willing to take on up up to The capacity that we can offer actual services, quote unquote, in such that we're not simply aestheticizing that as a representation or working in dialogue to other traditions of uh, artistic representations. Those technological elements of the projects that we want to incorporate have to kind of stand on their own merits and be intelligible to people who have a background in those disciplines. Similarly, we are interested in the installations we do being legible and coherent to people with a background in contemporary art also, yet we don't want to depend only on the validation of having done that. In other words, the goal of the project itself is not to receive artistic validation or engage in a a kind of historical uh, negotiation or critique with other artistic practices, but we acknowledge that they're there as a context. Similarly, with the technology, we engage with it. But if we want to retain access to certain aesthetic or perceptual or um, phenomenological aspects that come along with artistic activity, artistic work gives access to, but that usually get shaved off or put to the side in certain practical or technological contexts.
0: Would you say there are political components to the work that you do?
2: That's a tricky question. Uh, Do you want to tackle that, Tim? We don't necessarily, or in fact, we don't have a specific agenda of, let's say, political quote unquote content that we're advocating. What we are asserting, though, is the importance of a space for dialogue and reflection on the relationships that people and, by extension, uh, larger social groupings have to artifacts. And so we are interested in offering alternatives or alternative sites or alternative methods or mechanisms to negotiate those relationships or to reflect on them, or to think about this question of value, or whether it's use value, um, aesthetic value, uh, practical value, uh, different kinds of instrumentality in relation to each other in the first place in, in a kind of hybrid or more multiple context, but more importantly, to be able to have a space of dialogue in general. One could say that there's a political dimension, although we're not advocating any particular valuation but we are uh, suggesting that um, it's appropriate and useful to have a space for a wider exploration of the valuations and issues around artifacts than uh, would be happening if we weren't doing what we were doing.
1: Um, Maybe I can add to that too. I had mentioned that uh, this is a tricky question because the definition or the association with politics is tricky. There's often And means, ends, cause and effect sort of relationship. You have a singular viewpoint when you have a particular politics. And perhaps our politics is or are to have a multiplicity of viewpoints. So we're not we don't strive to promote a singular viewpoint. We strive to have a multiplicity of views and to bring a multiplicity of people and strategies and tactics into what we do.
0: Okay that sounds excellent. Um, Do you have any ideas of the future goals or incarnations of the projects for the Artifact Institute? What are you working on next basically?
1: We have a few projects lined up. Investigation 1 is still, we're still undertaking Investigation 1 and we do hope to finish that in the near future. Investigation 1 will include a database that'll be available online of all of the artifacts that have been processed. We're also hoping to have a publication In the short term, we have a project coming up again in Halifax. It revolves around electronics that have been discarded by individuals. Uh, In Halifax, if an electronic item is left on the street, it doesn't get picked up. Uh, It gets a sticker and then it hangs out on the street and the individual or someone else uh, must pick it up. You're meant to bring the electronic item to an electronics uh, recycling depot. But that's not often easy for people or they simply are not aware that they can't chuck an electronic item out on the street. So we're going to be doing a project uh, that revolves around this uh, current issue in Halifax.
2: I mean, I could also mention another thing that we're engaged in that in a way paralleled or came out of service one or was was undertaken in, in connection with it, uh, with Articule, the Artifact Institute collaborated with Articule to organize a public forum about the status of electronic equipment in Montreal to uh, access kind of a, a wider context of uh, discourse and discussion to do with waste management, technological change and different models of community organizing. And so this forum happened last May and uh, we have been working with um, Articule and uh, Carrie Flanagan uh, to co-edit this publication, and it will uh, be published uh, relatively soon. It's, it's very nearly complete, so we're looking forward to releasing that. It's accessing some of the same or related issues to what Adam was just talking about, but also other ones. So uh, we look forward to that uh, reaching a uh, uh, public in, in Montreal and in other, um, other locations too.
0: So thanks a lot, Adam and Tim of the Artifact Institute.
2: Okay, well, thanks a lot for your interest. It's been been really interesting. Okay, bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.
0: You have been listening to an Art Talks Montreal interview. This podcast is created and produced by Naomi Cook and Yanya Lee. This episode, along with previous installments, is available on iTunes, SoundCloud, and Tumblr. Send your comments to Art Talks Montreal. That's arttalksmtl at gmail.com.